my name is Philip Martin. I'm the founder and CEO of a company called Blanco Nino, based in Clomel in Tipperary. We make uh, all natural, authentic, traditionally made corn tortillas and tortilla chips. So we're an authentic tortilleria based in Clomel in Tipperary. Uh, not historically famed for its large Latino district, Clomel. But yeah, we're, we started in 2015, initially just selling to restaurants, bars and hotels, of which we now sell to restaurants, bars and hotels across 16 European markets and counting. And more recently, being 2020, we launched our tortilla chips, our kind of retail proposition into, um, into kind of the Irish and UK grocery sector. Which which was a long long time in the works, but uh, yeah, it was um, it's it's been a bit of a challenge, but we were we're delighted to kind of bring what what was or is our kind of restaurant quality tortillas into the kind of retail sort of thing. So kind of bringing restaurant quality into the home, I guess you could say. We initially launched our tortilla chips into retail in August 2020. And when we initially launched the product, we had, we had well, we have and have this most most beautiful packaging, but it wasn't 100% recyclable. And I have, and the company has this principle in which we like to live by. And it's basically try to leave, you know, your little corner of the world a little bit better than you found it. So whether it be myself personally in my day-to-day or the business, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a principle we've got to live by. So getting to recyclable was just really, really important uh, to me. Um, and it's, it's just uh, the brand in, in general, is, it's, it's being sustainable, having minimal impact on the environment is, is a big part of who we are. So we, um, we went about trying to figure out how we could get to a product packaging format how we get there and it was a quite a steep challenge insofar as we we were very keen to kind of maintain the the aesthetic as much as we could of the packaging but we wanted to be fully recyclable and we looked at various different ways of doing it and many different companies have taken different approaches from biodegradable to compostable uh, and we uh, have decided that we think the best route for ourselves at least is to have like 100% recyclable plastic. So basically plastic that can be recycled and made into new packaging uh, and really feed into the, the circular economy. Now in an ideal world, it would be, uh, we have no plastic in our product, but it's, it's, I certainly have not come across in all the research that we've done and we, we've dug very deep found any form of packaging that can provide that like you know barrier protective environment to the outside worlds for the product and what what was found i think is the best of all options in that we have a product that will make our our packaging format that makes our product safe protected from the external environment and all that looks great and is recyclable i wouldn't i'm not going to say that this is the the final iteration of what we do uh, of what our packaging will be. I'm, I expect it to kind of continue to iterate uh, over the years. We'll we'll see what we can do to further improve it. But this is, I guess, it's a big step for us as a brand. It's a costly one. Our new packaging is a lot more expensive than our old packaging. Uh, it's a cost we've kind of taken on the chin. 
and as we we kind of want to be one of the, we want to be a kind of a, a leader in this um, in this environment, you know. Yeah, well, we we are a member of Origin Green, and for those who aren't aware, Origin Green is, I believe, is like the world's only state-backed uh, or state-sponsored, whatever way you want to describe it, um, sustainability initiative for food companies, food and beverage companies. So it's a it's a program and initiative developed by the Irish government, basically to get uh, or accelerate the move to sustainable uh, sustainability. Or sustainable practices within the food and beverage industry in Ireland and it's a really incredible program um, a lot of support from um, the Irish government in terms of improvement of practices and reduction of energy consumption and all these types of things but it's it's validated by third parties um, uh, every year so that's that's a big part of kind of our day-to-day improvement of of sustainability and energy usage and uh, weight reduction of waste and those types of things but I guess one one new one, I guess, more recent, that's probably a little bit different is that I've personally become a little bit obsessed with regenerative farming and getting to what's called like no-till farming. Because tillage, whenever you till the field, you generally disturb the mycelium. The mycelium in the soil and the earthworm count and the whole biosphere of sorts of the, um, of the soil. And, and that's quite a that's a quite an impactful environmental action uh, tilling the soil, but there is no till farming uh, that is a is a solution that's there, which which is now known and uh, recognised as being a means of preserving and improving the fertility of the soil, uh, maintaining the biosphere. So basically, rather than turning the soil, you're effectively injecting the seed into the ground every every year, and rather than Rather than having, say, the the tractor till the soil and then plant the seed and all this, you it's it's much more energy efficient as well. So we're moving to no-till farming practices for our corn, all the corn we use. It's going to probably take a few years to do it in in a complete and comprehensive way, but it's it's something that we, especially I feel quite passionately about. It's, uh, I think it's going to be one of those things that really can turn the needle if more people do it, if they move to no-till farming rather than conventional um, tillage. Brexit has had an impact, of course, in terms of customs duty and the administrative burden on the business. Um, commodity prices, corn almost doubles there last year. Now it's kind of eased off a bit, but it's, you know, with fert- uh, fertilizer prices going up, it's, it's likely that uh, the costs will be elevated for a while to come. And sunflower oil, all of our sunflower oil was coming from the Ukraine. So that's obviously had a pretty significant impact. But look, every business has just different problems and different challenges. And you just, you, you deal with them as they come. Um, it's just another day, really, fortunately. You know, we're, we are quite young in, in, terms of, in terms of what we do. So although we've been here seven years now, you know, compared to just guys that are around for much longer. I guess what, what I, why I say that is we, we're still growing quite quickly and the, the cost improvements and operational efficiencies and everything that we, we can bring into the business as, as we scale are quite significant. So although we've seen some sizable cost increases, we've also um, seen some pretty big efficiency improvements in our business. 
in the cost of production and um, scale through and efficiencies through automation and these, these types of things. So we just we just manage them. We just manage them. But yeah, you know, there's there's no there's certainly no shortage of challenges out there. And well, we still have sunflower oil. Um, we still have sunflower oil, and there is still some getting out of the Ukraine. But it's it's it really is just the case that the, the price just went nuts. You know, because like all the sunflower oil everyone could actually want was in the market. You know, um, like the 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 stocks that were in France and across Europe were still quite significant. It was just the there was a scare, there was a, a mania of sorts about where the with the with the volume or the supply completely dry up. Thankfully, it hasn't, but prices have stayed quite elevated. So what what's probably happened mostly with ourselves, you know, in terms of operations is rather than having high olic sunflower oil, which was the kind of oil we used initially, we now have just regular sunflower oil, just high olic is no longer available on the market. So we, we were using the highest kind of standard of oil that was, was available in sunflower oil, but you just can't buy it anymore. So, uh, but, but the price of, I think, I think it was maybe it was like 700 per, Per thousand liters pre the Ukrainian crisis, it's now about two thousand five hundred. You know, so in terms of percentage increase in cost, it's pretty insane. It's pretty insane. So, um, but then again, you know, we're we're quite lucky that oil is a very small percentage of our ingredient costs. You know, so you just manage these things. You just you figure it out. Well, like we we've no shortage of ambition in terms of other other products that we're developing and new markets we want to enter and new categories that we want to get into in the in the in the retail sector. The I guess part part of me is how much do I tell you? How much do I keep keep secrets? And my my communications manager may but probably shoot me if I tell you too much. Um, we we have we've we've got. Project for next year, which is we're very excited about. Uh, let's just say you you dip your tortilla chips into it. So that's that's the kind of biggest kind of next uh, expansion and offering for the business. Uh, we have a few additional flavors that we've been working on for a while. All of our flavors and products they they're not the easiest things to develop. There's quite a lot, long uh, period of maturation before they're ready to enter the market just because of the nature of the how we source our ingredients. We try to integrate heritage producers wherever possible. And we work with this really lovely salt company, for example, in Celestium there in the Yucatan. And all, um, it's a non-for-profit, but all their, I guess you could say, profit or, or revenue goes to the preservation of the Mayan language and the education of uh, local schoolgirls and in the kind of Mayan history and preservation of culture and so on. So aside from being incredible salt, really high quality salt and coming from a really beautiful part of the world and these amazing people, it's also doing quite a healthy, healthy dose of good as well down in um, Celestun. So whenever we're developing a new product, we really try to see, you know, what can we do uh, what kind of story can we tell through our ingredients and what kind of producers can we support uh, by integrating into our supply chain? So it's it's not the easiest to just switch on a new product um, and take a seasoning out of a jar and away you go. It's There's a bit more to it than that. We're, we're probably, you know, we, we don't make our lives easy, but we, we end up making a very, very good product when we get there in the end.